Percy, we always try to wrestle with some important and practical issues here, and today's no exception. Well, today we're going to talk about, again, the dynamics of when you're treating for cancer, there may also be other healthcare-related challenges Mm -hmm. that are not necessarily directed to the cancer, but may be springboarding off of that. And so today's conversation is going to help us to understand why the holistic uh, model of care and integrative support matters within the cancer context of treating the the whole person. And we're going to hear that through a guest, a doctor who will join us today, Dr. Bill Glass, a cardiologist who talks about faith and medical science from a doctor's perspective. His words will both encourage you and inform you. Stay with us. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Thanks for listening. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. The key word is integrative medicine today. Absolutely. In the context of treatment and care and cancer, we want to remember that there is a whole person involved and how we need to be sensitive to all of the moving components of that person. Is this something you've come to realize through the years, or has this always been part of your understanding? Well, it's been part of my orientation of working within the Organization of Cancer Treatment Centers of America, where there was always a focus and an emphasis on understanding that cancer may be the cause of treatment, but there is a host, which when we talk about host, we're talking about the physical being, the mental being, and the emotional and spiritual being and makeup of a person that also needs to be supported and understood within the context of cancer treatment, and they all go together. So you realize the value of this approach. I I, I, vow, I realize it, and I uh, live it, and I try to uh, exercise it every day because I have I'm I'm acutely aware of the fact that we can't separate our mind and our spirit and our emotions from our physical being. That they all are wired and attached to each other, and they all feed off of one another. If we really want to walk in ultimate uh, 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 ultimate health, we have to address those in accordance to everything that is going on within our lifestyle. This is a pretty unique opportunity, as we're going to hear from Dr. Bill Glass here today, because it's not real often we get a doctor to join us on the program and talk about these things. Specifically, a cardiologist. We've never had anyone that represented that field of study from a medical perspective uh, with regard to the cancer continuum. And so I'm very excited about uh, the opportunity for this discussion. All right. We'll get to that in just a moment here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. We always pose a question each week, and Here's this week's question. We'd really love to hear your response to this, and I mean it because we read the responses, and we'll be sharing the answers that you give on some future podcasts as well. So the question of the day is, what was something you learned during your cancer journey? It's a simple question, Percy, but so important. And and what's amazing is that of the hundreds of people that I've had the opportunity to know and meet during their cancer process, uh, it is almost without fail that every one of them talks about what they learned from that journey or from that experience. And in many cases, very life-altering aha moments of epiphany that brought them into a greater understanding of themselves, their environment, their relationships, their worldview in some cases. So we want to hear from you today. What was something you learned during your cancer journey that may bless and help others? And at some other time, we'll read some of those responses and send that response to us uh, on our website of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And let us know again uh, what was something that you learned during your cancer journey. Yeah, just go to 
to healthhopeandinspiration.com. And while you're there, why don't you go ahead and download our free resource, God Works Through Doctors. I think uh, after you hear from our guest today here, you'll uh, realize this anew. God does work through doctors. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, we'll make that available to you starting right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Amen. Well, even before we do anything else, let's turn to God's Word. Our spiritual nugget for today is going to really uh, speak to the very essence of what I believe is the the quintessential dynamic about our guest that we're going to talk to today. It's found in 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, and we're going to read verses 6 through 7, and it it reads as follows. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whosoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give, verse 7 is our operative verse, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And typically when we read this scripture, it's always in accordance to money and an offering. But this is really talking about our lives of giving. Our very lives. Our very lives and what it may mean and how God will react to that giving and how he will respond to that in accordance to what we have made measured in our heart and purpose in our heart to give. With locations in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that takes an integrative approach to cancer care, as you'll learn today. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Our guest joined Percy in Atlanta, Georgia, recently when they sat down to talk together. Well, with me today is Dr. Bill Glass, who is a cardiologist at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Atlanta, and he has been uh, functioning as a cardiologist there for now three years, but has been in the practice of medicine for uh, close to 50 years now, and we are just thrilled to have uh, him with us today. Welcome to the show, Doc. How you Thank doing? Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, um, first and foremost, what strikes me as uh, we had a little preliminary conversation before we started recording is uh, that you've been literally practicing medicine for 50 years. And my joke always with that, and I don't know how good the joke actually is, is when are you going to figure out a career path, sir? Well, I'm I'm not even sure when this is going to finish. Oh, wow. 50 years. That is to be celebrated and congratulated. So thank you. Thank you for your service to uh, humanity and and uh, being a blessing to them. We've interviewed many docs uh, on the show over the years and and talked about uh, medicine and science in a cancer context, and we're going to do that today with you, but I don't think I've ever spoken to a cardiologist, and so for the few people who may not know exactly what a cardiologist does, give us a quick brief overview of uh, what you do as a cardiologist, sir. Sure. I've been asked that uh, in the past where what is a cardiologist doing in a cancer hospital? Mm-hmm. In actuality, uh, 
It's uh, several various aspects. First of all, we do have a certain number of people who come in that have a cardiac history, and we follow and evaluate them. Many times they are scheduled for surgical procedures, and consequently we need to clear them for that surgery. Mm. And we consequently will do stress studies and, and various other studies to make sure it's safe to do the surgery. Okay. Or if they would need further evaluation, such as an angiogram or catheterization or whatever. The other aspect is the possible effect of some of the chemotherapy agents on the heart. Okay. It's a field that most people don't really appreciate, you know, outside of the uh, cancer mm -hmm. treatment. But uh, there are some uh, chemotherapy agents that can have a detrimental effect on the heart okay. as a pump. Got it. And uh, we follow these individuals who are on this particular group of medicines every three months to be sure with an echocardiogram that there's no deterioration in heart function. Well, that's a really good thing to be able to do. Well, it's really important yeah. because uh, if you do see a, uh, beginnings of a drop in their function, you need to uh, take them off the chemo for a temporary period of time. Got it. And then start them on some cardiac agents that we know are beneficial for the heart to okay. recover. So it's very important that we don't uh, drive their heart function into the ground. Got that it. Way. And the other thing that pops in my head as I listen to this, and we've we've often talked about this on the show, is that sometimes when you when you have an isolated conversation simply around oncology and cancer. Sometimes people forget or do not understand that cancer patients do not only have cancer, they have other comorbidities and obviously uh, potential uh, issues with the heart previous to even becoming a cancer patient is one of those dynamics that has That's to be very understood. True. Because we deal with an age spectrum of uh, 18 years old up to maybe in their 80s. Mm -hmm. So you're bound to have a certain number percentage of people that have preceding cardiac problems or heart problems or other medical problems. Makes sense. So then that explains why you're here and, and, and why what you do is important and, of course, uh, your years of experience that you bring to the discussion. Having said all of that, uh, the other thing that um, you know we try to affiliate and associate with our discussion and our conversations on the show is the fact that we're speaking to a faith audience. Uh, and, you know, uh, the show is driven around the idea of the amalgamation and the marriaging mm -hmm. of faith and spirituality and medicine and science. And, um, you know, I would imagine because of your tenure in the field of, of the practice of medicine that uh, you are aware of the fact that historically uh, those two disciplines didn't always play well in the sandbox together, you know, where there's <laughs> been in some cases, not all cases, uh, tension between the world of religion and spirituality and faith and the world of medicine and science. Let's talk a little bit about, first of all, without going, you don't have to go into any great detail, uh, you, you have a faith orientation of sorts, is that correct? I do, yeah, within you know certain limits, I guess. I'm more of a scientific background. Mm -hmm. Consequently, the marriage is a little difficult at times. Okay. But uh, I, one thing that struck me here at CTCA is the fact that every day I walk down the corridor, you know, where the... Uh, patients are sitting, waiting for something to be done. Sure. A lab study, appointment, whatever. And various groups, there'll be maybe 30, 40 people in the, in the uh, hallway sitting and conversing. But, you know, the amount of uh, 
problems that these people are going through individually is just, it's like a, uh, a portrait of all the human emotions that you might experience. Absolutely. There's depression and there's anger and there's upset and fear and mm-hmm. uh, of not knowing quite what's going on where. Mm-hmm. And the important aspect of that to me is that we as uh, doctors have little basic help with those individuals because we don't have a pill for everything. Correct. We, we can treat some depression and some anxiety, but you really get down to it, and the only common denominator that really can help those people in those emotional states, and which I've seen actually be of tremendous help, is their faith. So with that being said, let's put a period there and let's play with that school of thought a bit. And you're right. Uh, there is certainly now research and documentation mm-hmm. that suggests that uh, people who have uh, some sort of faith orientation, spiritual background, uh, however well-defined or not, uh, mentally and emotionally, and in some cases even physically, simply respond and react differently to a, a, a threat of, 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 for example, cancer. And that um, the impact of that, and to your bigger point, which I love the way that you stated it, and because you're a physician, it has so much more credibility coming out of your mouth than it does out of mine's, is that there are some things that you just can't give a pill for, that you can't give a prescription for, but the dynamic and the element of faith uh, potentially uh, has positive benefits uh, in helping people work through the strain and the struggle of being a cancer patient and in some cases the negative side effects that they're experiencing. I appreciate you acknowledging mm-hmm. that, sir. Well, that's true. It's not only that uh, by itself, but we do have uh, certain entities in cardiology to where strain, stress plays a role in the deterioration of a person's condition, too. Mm. And cardi- cardiology has one in particular to where the heart as a pump can decrease very rapidly through a very stressful situation. Okay. It's got a particular name, but it's a cardiomyopathy. But it is something that's fully recoverable once they get over that stress. Interesting. They call it the broken heart syndrome or whatever whatever term you put on it. Okay. But it is an entity that we know that stress has a tremendous detrimental effect on body function and the heart as well. And so with that being said, in, in your um, years of being able to support cancer patients, and again, you clarified, and I think uh, correctly that, you know, you, you are a man of science, mm-hmm. but there are times where um, faith intersects with the world of science that there is not necessarily any real evidence to be able to support that in terms of data on a piece of paper or something being registered on a piece of equipment. From your perspective, um, I'd be interested to hear, have you ever seen or experienced a moment or a time with a patient where you went home and said, wow, that was beyond medicine and science today. That was There was something else to happen here that I can't explain and I can't quantify, but I saw someone's faith uh, really be of a significant impact in their in their health situation. We we have there there are I grant you far and few between, but uh, there have been a case or two in my history that we see some unforeseen recovery 
of an individual that you knew couldn't possibly happen. Mm-hmm. And it was undoubtedly related to the faith because they were extremely uh, religious individuals. Sure. And you almost envy them the ability to recover from something that you don't really understand yeah. because of their faith. Yeah. And so it's, it, it gives you a pause uh, to consider that, and you wish you could retrace it or grab it or use it again, <laughs> but you can't. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that that's the fundamental, you know, since that's my wheelhouse, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a clinician, I don't play one on TV, is that the fact that uh, one of the, I think, struggles or challenges with regard to that very philosophy or school of thought is that one of the things that has to be acknowledged is there are some things that you can't necessarily replicate or bottle or try to, you know, I call it the Arthur Murray dance steps to to achieve the same outcome of a situation. Faith is very unique and, and very specific to individuals and who they are. And also, if if we're going to throw the term faith on the table and we want to associate that back to the source of its uh, origin, God is unique. God does things very differently and uniquely in, hmm. in individual situations and circumstances. So I think it actually is a mistake to try to replicate or duplicate a unique scenario for one person and make that fit for another individual. This is not a cookie cutter process by any stretch of the imagination. So I don't think that there's uh, any reason to quantify that. The fact of the matter is, as a, as a man of science who also has a a, a basis of faith, that you have seen in some cases some impact of people's faith on their on their healthcare situation, oh, and that's ab- all that needs to be said. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and it it gives you a um, them a source of uh, comfort to know that they have, uh, you know, they're part of a larger plan. Yeah, which uh, you don't understand, but it it, it, it is it's there. So, so with that being said, uh, you're 50 years in the game, as we would say. Um, where do you go from here, Doc? What's next on your agenda in terms well, of uh, what you're well, I'm doing? Looking, I'm looking for another career. Another actually. career, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. you get bored, you got nothing else better to do, right? Well, I tried. <laughs> I tried to retire a couple times, at least once, and I couldn't stand it. Every time I went past a hospital, I felt bad. Really? Yeah. It, with that being said, and I usually ask this question at the top of the interview, so I'll back track here what motivated you to become a doctor i'm always curious what 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 motivates individuals to want to become a physician well i i grew up from a practical background in uh, nebraska and my father was uh, construction and medicine wasn't a part of anything that i dealt with okay but i did go to school and uh, became an electrical engineer and I worked in that for four years for one of the airplane manufacturers. Okay. <clears throat> and I found out that if I really wanted to get anywhere, I had to go back to school anyway, mm-hmm. think about a um, doctorate possibly. But uh, I began to think more about it. And after a period of time as you mature, you begin to explore things that have been in the back of your mind. Sure. And medicine came to the forefront and... And I applied, got in, and fortunately. Interesting. But anyway, it turned out quite well. Well, it sounds like that you uh, have been very fulfilled, and obviously you've served, you know, countless numbers of people and patients. Uh, Last question of the day, sir. Maybe last question. What motivates or inspires uh, 
Dr. Bill Glass. What, what, what motivates and inspires you? What gives you hope on a personal level? I think on a personal level, uh, it's the respect of my fellow human, my wife and my family, and also to stay relevant. I mean, to me, if you're not, if you disappeared one day and somebody asked after a week, where'd he go? I don't consider that being too relevant. Hmm. So I like to feel relevant, like I, I, I leave a spot where somebody should be. Uh-huh. Uh, it's hard to frame a, a real answer to that, but I think relevancy is the thing that comes to my mind. Well, one of my spiritual mentors, Dr. Miles Monroe, who is now deceased, espoused that life is not measured by duration, but it is only measured by donation. It is what you leave. It's what you put in the earth. You know, it's it's what you contribute to the world. Mm. He also taught me that, you know, you should die empty. Whatever it is mm. that the potential and the gifts that you have inside of you, when you leave the planet, you should leave all of that in the earth. You shouldn't take that back to the grave with you. Mm. The richest place on the planet is the graveyard because it's <laughs> still full of untapped potential. And I hear you saying yeah. that you don't want to be that guy at the end of the day. No, not at all. There's always something you can do. And so with that... Today, you have heard from Dr. Bill Glass, uh, a physician, uh, a family man, a cardiologist, uh, 50 years uh, practicing medicine, three years at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, who basically still wants to leave a mark in the earth that can never be erased. And today, Mm -hmm. I would suggest to you, sir, that you have done that and you are doing that. Thank you for being on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. God bless, sir. Percy, during that interview, you spoke about the role of faith in medical care and its potential impact. Dr. Uh, Glass and I discussed the dynamic and the back and forth of of spirituality, religion, faith uh, in a medical environment and and its potential role and impact. And I asked him a question. uh, Had he ever witnessed times where he saw the the role of faith having an impact upon what was going on with individuals medically, and he said he had. Uh, And so I thought it would be important to just cite some information uh, that would give us a little more specificness to that with regard to some uh, organizations that that gives us this to think about. Mm -hmm. So let me read this for the audience. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, it stated that 69% of cancer patients say that they pray for their health. A recent study published in Cancer, a peer-reviewed journal of the American Cancer Society, suggests a link between religious or spiritual beliefs and better physical health reported among patients with cancer, ironically. Uh, Also, uh, it stated that in uh, their observational study, it says that they found people uh, who found feelings of transcendence or meaningfulness or peace reported feeling uh, the least physical problems, Hmm. said uh, lead author Heather Jim, who is a Ph.D., a lot of cancer patients have a reaction when diagnosed of why me. And we've talked about that a lot on the show. Yes, we have. And so she goes on to say, or feel like they're being punished or get angry. This is a normal part of coming to terms with a cancer diagnosis, says Dr. Jim. 
Uh, also, for the report, researchers from Moffitt Cancer Center and colleagues looked at the results of several published studies on the topic, which included more than 32,000 cancer patients combined, and they found a link between patients with higher levels of spiritual well-being and reporting better physical health. And the point that I just simply want to make is that it is hard to find a lot of data and research that just has a full-throated endorsement of the fact that spirituality and religion uh, potentially may have an impact on health and wellness and treatment. But we do see and we are hearing that there is potentially some major uh, things that potentially can happen to people mentally, emotionally, and in some cases physically with their health outcomes along with good medical treatment. And that was the dynamic of the conversation that we bounced back and forth with Dr. Glass. Yeah, it underscores the conversation you had with Dr. Glass. Glass, yeah, doesn't it? it does. And so we want to make sure that we're not just kind of throwing things out there into thin air, but there is some research and some data that we can cite on that subject. Very helpful. Thanks for sharing that, Percy. You know, caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in churches today. And to address this issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to meet this great need. So if you're a pastor, a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join a growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. It's absolutely free to join. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. There's information about ministry training opportunities and our informative monthly email newsletter. So just visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. Again, that's Our Journey of Hope, the logo there at the top of the page at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, I have to admit, when I saw that you're going to speak with a cardiologist today, I thought, wait a minute, this is a program about cancer care, yeah. and you're bringing a cardiologist on the program. Well, what we learned from Dr. Glass is that uh, there are times, potentially, that uh, the chemotherapy agent may have an impact upon one's heart and its ability to function at full strength. And so it then makes sense that uh, one of the things to look at from a holistic perspective in terms of not just the, the diagnosis of cancer and maybe even the specific area where cancer has impacted the physical body is also looking at the function of the other organs with regard to the treatment that they receive. And certainly the heart then can be, in some cases, potentially compromised by the chemotherapy agent that is treating the cancer. And this goes back to our bigger conversation or point of treating the whole person, looking at all of the connected and moving parts uh, that is associated with the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being of one who is dealing with cancer. So it was very educational in understanding that and why a cardiologist would have a major role in assessing and making sure that people's hearts are functioning correctly after they have begun to receive uh, chemotherapy treatment. Yeah, and I want to uh, mention again our free resource, God Works Through Doctors. We saw that happen today when we hear from Dr. Glass. But if you'd like this resource, God Works Through Doctors, mm -hmm. download it at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You know what will stick with me from your conversation with Dr. Glass What's is that? the fact that he couldn't retire. Yeah. He, he could not retire. He, he said he drove by hospitals and felt guilty that he could be doing something. It was an amazing statement, and I guess it said a lot about his, his own personal commitment and conviction. Yeah, his compassion for people who need his help. And that is one of the reasons why our opening scripture speaks to about reaping and sowing, what you give, what you put into the earth. Uh, this is a, a man who for 50 years now has been giving of himself in the field of medicine and science and serving uh, the community and humanity and felt like that he still 
had more to do and was looking for more to give. Uh, just God bless his willingness to stay on the field as long as he has. And uh, I, I found him to just be an amazing person at the yeah. end of the day. Well, you rub elbows with these doctors all the time at CTCA. Yeah. Is he an exception or is he the rule? You know, no, actually not. I, I, I think that I think by and large, the average physician and certainly uh, the majority of those that I've had the opportunity to meet and spend quality time. And I dare I say, particularly those in the field of oncology, that there's there's almost something a little bit different about their mental makeup and, and who they are and their commitment to uh, uh, the cause of, of of dealing with, you know, the nature of, of cancer. Well, imagine dealing with this kind of pain, delivering this kind of news to people every day. They're, they're, you have to be wired, I would say, to, you know, it's just as people who have said to me over the years, I don't know how you've done the type of work that you've done for 20 plus years. Again, I'm wired for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's true just like anyone else. We're anointed. Uh, we're assigned uh, things that fit our personality and our makeup. And I think that that certainly is true uh, with regard to this particular physician. But I found him uh, interesting in this, that he also made the comment as a, as and he and he made it very clear, I'm a man of science. Yes, yeah, I do understand yeah. and value the role of faith and spirituality. But he made the comment that he also understood that there are scenarios and situations that there are times that a pill simply cannot be administered to to take <laughs> care of uh, a dynamic that is happening with individuals and that he saw and understood the value that faith comes into play with regard to those types of situations. So, again, he's balanced also. I appreciate his honesty about yeah, that. I, I appreciate his honesty, but I appreciate the balance of understanding as a man of of science, I also see the value and the place that spirituality and faith can play. And again, as I've always said, a healthy and respectful balance of those two disciplines working together, not fighting against one another and not negating the other for the best interest of the common good of the patient that they serve. And he really echoed that school of thought and and in witnessing and have seen scenarios where that was the case, that he saw the value of faith and spirituality really being of a value and benefit to patients in in their times of need during health care and treatment of their sicknesses and disease. Well, we had a living example today that God works through doctors. Uh, You put (laughs) together this resource. uh, Why did you do this? Yeah, because at the end of the day, I'm going to be honest with you, Wayne, uh, I've I've grown frustrated and, and, and exasperated around the idea that there are still some in the faith community that really tend to take on and in some cases have spoken very negatively about the practice of medicine and 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 this inherent fear of doctors and, and and you know in some cases some people that they've known family members who may have had a bad experience uh, does not necessarily uh, paint the entire practice of medicine as bad or even ungodly the Bible tells us that God gives uh, every good and perfect gift comes from above and medicine and science and the understanding of the the physiological uh, makeup of the human body and cells and atoms and glands and and molecules. Um, Man did not create that that insight in and of himself. There was a higher being and a greater intelligence that provided that insight to us. That's a good and perfect gift from God that we should embrace. So we wanted to create a document that hopefully would destigmatize the fear uh, around understanding that God can work and does work through our doctors, and we need to be able to understand and see how God will do that. While we're praying to be healed, God may very well be saying to you, yeah, your healing is going to be facilitated through your physician and what 
can happen there. But, you know, you, you've heard the old uh, expression, uh, a flood came and I was on top of the roof and, you know, I was praying, Lord, save me. And a helicopter came by and a boat came by. And then, you know, I drowned and went to heaven. It's like, Lord, I prayed and have you to rescue me. He said, I sent you a helicopter and a boat. It, you know, I, I think and, and, you know, and it's it's it, we we laugh, but there are times and there has been documented scenarios of situations where people of faith who negated to actually do and follow good health care practices died unnecessarily mm. because they could have done some things from a clinical perspective. And so we want to balance that out at yep. the end of the day. Well, thanks for providing this resource. God Works Through Doctors, available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And when you go to the website, why don't you take just a couple of minutes and answer our question of the week? What was something you learned mm. during your cancer journey? Yeah. We'd love to have your response to that question. What was something you learned during your cancer journey? Mm-hmm. Go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, we started with Scripture. Shall we wrap it up with Scripture? Well, now that we've heard from a physician who has been practicing and providing support in the medical community for 50-plus years, who has given of himself, now this Scripture uh, should really come alive in our consciousness and in our hearts. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give, verse 7 is our operative verse, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I'd like to add the Percy McRae version of this, God loves a cheerful giver giver, not a cheerful getter. (laughs) God loves when we give, and he wants us to give of our time, our talents, and our abilities. And we thank God for Dr. Glass, who has given of his time, his talents, and his abilities now for 50 years going strong and is looking to do more. God bless him. All right. Thanks to Dr. Glass for being our guest today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, so you'll automatically receive notification of a new version of the podcast, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Our host is Reverend Percy McCray of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Percy, thank you. Hey, keep keeping on. We've got work to do. Keep chopping the wood. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.